0: Reading and renting, where we read obsessively and
1: rant about life in our twenties. I'm Carly and I'm Mia. So today, you guys, we have another Akatarc here for you. We're going to be talking about the Plated Prisoner series by Raven Kennedy, which starts off with the first book, Guild. This is, like, honestly a true fantasy romance, but it is darker, so just be sure to check the trigger warnings. Like, there can be some really intense scenes um, that and allusions to, you know, emotional and physical abuse and plot lines relating to that, um, but it's overall an incredible series. Like, five out of five stars truly um it does get spicy like some of the hottest spice scenes in the later books um and so it's just like it was a really 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 good read I did read this like it might have been like my like fourth or fifth read after Akatar, and it really it really hit the spot um Mm -hmm. but we are going to keep this discussion pretty spoiler free so it's meant to be if you're interested in reading this book slash curing your Akatar hangover Buckle up, because we have a lot of thoughts. And we're also going to rant about our recent struggles as girlies in our 20s trying to survive pressures on women in society and our second puberty. So let's get into it.
0: All right, to set-the-scene guild basically... Introduces our main character Orin, who is an orphan who was saved from a violent life by a man gifted with the ability to turn objects to gold. Which, what does that sound like? King Midas um, from Greek mythology, the Gold Touch King. So this is a retelling of the King Midas myth. So he takes her to his palace. We'll talk about some of like the world building and the kingdoms later but he is basically like the king of one of the kingdoms. There's seven kingdoms. He rules the sixth kingdom. And he, I believe, was like in his mid-20s when they first met. She's like 16, 17, and she becomes one of his famous concubines. He has all these concubines, which are called saddles. So, you know, this is part of like the darker aspect of the book, but she is basically his favored saddle slash concubine because she is gold touched like she is completely gold people you know believe that because he's the gold touch king that he as her his favorite concubine turned her into complete gold but because of that it's kind of like beauty and beast vibes he keeps her in this cage so that no one else can get to her he doesn't want any men or anyone like interacting with her and even though she has this golden, so-called golden existence, she lives in like the gold-touched um, castle and she has all these riches around her and she doesn't like yearn for food like she's taken care of. She obviously wants freedom. So that is just like the little context of this book.
1: Yeah, and so it's it's interesting here because obviously auron is introduced um, and t- at the beginning of this book, she's basically – literally living this same like day-over-day existence um like she's like begging for Midas's attention the cold opener of the book is basically set in her being in the cage like in the throne room while Midas is having an orgy with his like 20 saddles um and so it just really sets up like obviously what the main kind of struggle here is gonna be it's it's a really really strong opener it did have me like a little bit confused and on edge at times Um, this mm-hmm. first book, but I will say by book two, I was totally hooked. And so it kind of confronts all these themes like we're talking about, about just sexual violence, misogyny. Um, But at the same time, it does a really, really, really good job of avoiding the glorification of that. And so it's not like a dark romance in the sense that like that, th- that their love story is glorified because of the emotional abuse. Um, So, that's kind of like the significance of her transformation also and him keeping her as like his gilded pet. Um, because everybody mm-hmm. is basically assuming that she's like this favorite concubine. And so they like look down on her and spit on her, like Yeah, like she for being and
0: keep in mind he has like many, many saddles and they all are super mean to RN. Like this is a book where women are pitted against women because they all want to be the favored position, the favored saddle of King Midas. But Arin has that role, even though, you know, like, but she's actually in love with him versus the other women just want his affection because they want to be like powerful. They want to be protected by the king. But she, because of their like emotionally abusive relationship, obviously it started when she was like 17. She was a girl. She's actually in love with this, abuser um but there's definitely like a growth here, a growth you know trajectory where she kind of goes from like the confused not very powerful girl like she basically just wants king midas's attention but then in the later books you know realizes the trauma that she's been through how it was actually trauma she basically was like you know emotionally and physically abused from an early age by this man who she thought she was in love with and who she thought loved her back um but you know I would say like it definitely like Mia said it avoids like the glorification of being a saddle also the misogyny aspect like you would think that anyone who's in a brothel or a saddle like they might not have a a choice um but all these like men that are in the army that like, you know, they stand outside of her cage, they all they talk to her really negatively. Like they say things like her gilded cunt, like, you know, things like that. It's just so misogynistic and really looking down at her, not looking down at Midas for having multiple women that he's having sex with, but looking down at her for being a girl who happens to be gilded and has this and called his pet. And she's, like, locked in a cage. But no, of course, it's her fault, not Midas's.
1: Yeah. Um, and so there's literally, like, a quote from this that I think really exemplifies um, kind of, like, what her storyline's going to be. And it does set the tone early on that she she n- understands the patriarchal and very intense emotional abuse of women. Like, she, she gets it. Um, but at the same time, like, in her way, she – isn't doing anything to fight it because she feels it's easier just to to take Midas's protection and his love for her. Um, Like she's like, I don't care what other people think because I have Midas, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But there's this one quote where she says, it's the arrogance of men to think so little of women and it'll be their downfall too. And so – it, it is a really, really strong development of her as a character, and I, I think she's a really complex female main character. At times, she's almost kind of like an unreliable narrator, like, seeing the world through her eyes, obviously. Um, and so it's just – it's such a good – it's just such a good book, such a good storyline. I don't have enough good things to say. I have way too many good yeah. things to say about it. yeah.
0: But that's, like, the basic premise is that she is this, like, gold-touch saddle. Um, she's with the gold-touch king, Midas. But for a little context on the world, but basically it's this fantasy world. There's seven kingdoms, as I said earlier. Um, also, you know, there was a past Fae world, but that doesn't really exist anymore in the current t- time. So it's all – everyone is human, So it's human kingdoms. um, But she has, you know, like, these ribbons on her back. So actually something that's really interesting about this book is that the, like, appearances of the characters in this fantasy read are a little different than, like, the typical fantasy read. Especially even with, like, magic and fae books. Like, usually they're kind of just portrayed as, like, human looking. But maybe they have some, like, pointed ears or elongated canines, But... Aurin um, has these ribbons that stem from her back which you know like again don't want to spoil too much but she basically at a young age like spread of these ribbons for her, from her back and she doesn't really know the purpose of them like she doesn't know what they do and what power they hold but she just knows that they kind of have a mind of her own and then eventually we get to a point where she meets some important characters from some of the other kingdoms in this like world and she meets this man called Commander Rip. He is a commander of one of the other kingdom's armies. And he has spikes on his face and over his body. So, again, just, like, different appearances, which I found very interesting. Like, you know, thinking of these people with, like, spikes and ribbons. I was, like,
1: interesting. I have never read something like that before. Yeah. Yeah. They're really, really interesting characters. Um, the way that their meeting goes about is that they are captured by pirates. Or Orin and the concubines are captured by pirates while traveling with Midas's army. Um, And so Midas is basically like this ultimate power hungry and power seeker. Um, And so one of the major plot points is that he married the true queen of the sixth kingdom queen melina um and so midas married into the throne but he's seen as like the most power one of the most powerful rulers of the six kingdoms and they're on the border with the seventh kingdom that disappeared and used to be connected to the fey world by this like Mm magical bridge um and so midas is basically like wanting to initiate, like, a war. And so he's like, okay, I'm gonna, we're gonna travel with my army, and I'm not gonna let Orin out of my sight, and so we have to do this. Um, And so, Commander Rip is, you know, our sexy, tall, dark, handsome, kind of Shadow Daddy-esque. Um, he's mm-hmm. famous and feared throughout all the kingdoms because he's this bloodthirsty commander of the armies, like, basically, like, their general yeah. from Fourth Kingdom, and he has powers of rot so like he can rot things like like take the life out of like a field and like it all turns like brown and rotted. Um, but yeah. he can do that to people. So it's like a really unique power. Like I've never uh, heard of that. Different. Like in yeah, totally different. Like haven't read that at all in a in a fantasy world. So super interesting. Um, love love him as a character again. Super complex and interesting characters. But, yeah. I will say I think book 2 is where it all turned around for me and I was like hooked for the rest of the series.
0: Yeah, and like just to give even more context so what basically what we said they are human but there are characters like Commander Rip um and King Midas where they have power. So there is magic even in the human realm because I know like a lot of times usually only the like fae type characters or whatever have magic but there is magic also I just want to point out too something that you sent me up was that King Midas married into the kingdom the sixth kingdom and is he married his wife who is like the rightful ruler but because he's a man and he has power he becomes like the major king like he's the one that has power not the queen who's the rightful ruler of the sixth kingdom she by blood is like in the royal family no he's the man that marries into the family yet he somehow ends up having more power more sway than king than queen melina even has because she has no power Um, So that's why she married him because she came from a line of kings and queens that had powers, but she didn't end up developing any. So her father had forced her to marry Midas since he, you know, was gold touch and can bring like wealth and prosperity to the kingdom. Yeah, I do agree. Book two is definitely where it turned around. I mean, book one, like so many things happened.
1: And then book two is really where like the action started. Yeah. Book two, I think something else that's interesting is we get introduced to a lot of the characters that are gonna be more relevant for the rest of the series and it does become multi pov. Um so mm-hmm. kind of like Throne of Glass esque, where towards the beginning it's mostly focusing on Selena's point of view. Um and then books the later books develop multipovs and we get to follow different characters story arcs um some of the tropes are like there's a strong found family trope which is really interesting um it's like just interesting to see those other ones develop we do get queen melina's point of view um and so we get to see her character development more and like how she's basically like a very strong character but again like knows how to play the game like she Mm -hmm. not that she allows herself to be dismissed in the court but like she's almost playing the long game like she knows what Midas is doing by establishing himself as this like extremely powerful ruler and king it's Uh, almost like Game of
0: Thrones-esque with everyone playing the game to get power like basically there's these seven kingdoms but all the leaders of the kingdoms like want to like conquer the other kingdoms and like you know, rule multiple kingdoms, or like there'd be one like main ruler eventually. So yeah, it's kind of just this like power-hungry society where everyone who has power just wants more. They're not like okay with what they currently have. Um, But it also like just the books, especially as it goes on. This is one of the Akatar hangover cures that we recommend because it does have a lot of parallels to Akatar. So like within the love interest dynamics and character arcs like there's just a lot of character growth love interests or like you know it's constantly keeping you on your toes there's really good sex scenes like there's lots of back and forth between who's with who. so definitely yeah. kind of like sarah j mask ask you know we love being kept on our toes and like not really knowing what's coming around the corner um definitely some twists and turns in this book as well
1: yeah and I will say it is more of a slow burn so like that makes the sex scenes and the spice like all the more worth it like if you're a slow mm-hmm. burn girly, this is definitely one for you yeah 100 percent.
0: but there are currently I believe four books in the series five five books so I think it's going to total in total be six books so the sixth book hasn't come out yet but you know when that final book does come out we will plan probably to do like a full deep dive where we kind of dive well you know give some spoilers for people that have read so obviously we'll have a spoiler warning then but this you know is more of just an overall context and like overview of the book to get you guys to read it and I will say like I've Read a bunch of series after Akatar, um, and I've liked a lot of them, but not everything has been a cure because I feel like sometimes it is too close to like Sarah J. Mass territory, where I'm like, this is kind of just the same book, different font. But I love how this is actually different, like, it's based off of this King Midas retelling. Like, the Gold Touch King is really interesting. Aryan's a really different, um, female main character. I feel like a lot of the female main characters kind of start off as these like. They become more powerful, but they already kind of had power versus, like, she kind of nothing. Like, Arne has nothing. And then you see her, like, start to take it with her own hands, even when people
1: really do not want her taking that power for herself. Yeah, definitely. And I think also overall, the books, just writing and prose is beautiful, like – it it really is a high level quality of writing that I think puts her on par, like with like Sarah J. Mass esque writing, which I think helps a lot in like the cure part of it. Um, it's it's not necessarily like a fun little romanticy read that's you know like gonna. Um, be like a a cutesy romance yeah it's not it's not fluffy at all it's definitely like kind of the opposite of fluffy um Mm -hmm. but because of like all the important themes and parallels like it really does deal with a lot of that which like something that obviously we've talked about with Sarah J Mass books is like we love the character development we love the aspects of like challenging different things um and so I think it's very similar in that way um and so It's just it's very interesting. Um, I'll end with one of the, I think, most important quotes that kind of capitalizes on this is a cage is a cage, no matter how gilded. Period. Um, And so obviously we've talked about the series a lot. We're so excited. We hope you guys read it. And if you have read it already, like DM us. We love talking about these books. Um, But to kind of finish off this episode, we're kind of just excited because obviously like Orin's character development is just really reflective of getting out from under the thumb of an abuser and like the general patriarchy, like holding women down and pitting women against women um, and just like discovering your own power as a woman and coming into your own. And so with without further ado, let's get into our rant. Alright guys, so now we do want to take some time and get into our rant for the day, which is going to be kind of just generally talking about how hard it is to live up to expectations and societal pressures when it comes to body image, self-esteem, especially this kind of second puberty that you go through in your 20s. And like, that's definitely not a scientific term, but I think we can all agree that like what you look like when you're 18 is not what you're going to look like when you're 21 and that's not going to be what you look like when you're 25 and that's okay but a lot of people don't really talk about like how the pressure is and everything that plays into it and like it's just it's such a complicated issue and we know that this is something that like everybody deals with but for some reason people don't really talk about it so we want to talk about it um just like generally in the media I think something that I've struggled with with the body that corresponds to that is like just generally my relationship with food um, and, like, how that developed. And so similarly, like, in college, like, it was honestly, like, once, like, I had an apartment in college and, like, could cook for myself, like, I started understanding, like, okay, like, I want to, like, be a little bit more of, like, an intuitive eater and, like, eat healthy and, like, be able to, like, cook meals for myself and, like, learn how to do that and take care of myself. um, And so, like, that's been really important and kind of, like, coincided with, like, understanding and being okay and accepting my body and the changes that were coming with it too um I was a sophomore junior in college and like still fitting into like my denim shorts from senior year of high school and then my senior year I swear to god my hips expanded by like three inches like I had never had like an ass like I just straight up like had never had a butt like my my butt was so flat like my entire life um which is funny because I have like very like kind of hourglass figure like that's just like always been my body type and like I do have like a bigger chest but for some reason I just like never really developed an ass like um personal you guys but um all of a sudden like overnight senior year I was like where did my butt come from like what where is this coming from and like That's just like a thing. Like that's just like basically like one example of like literally feeling like my body change overnight and like hitting the second puberty and being like, oh my god, like my body, like truly, like my body was just changing and it like it was freaky because my body had already changed in puberty. Like I was like, what's going on? Like is this me? Like am I not working out? Am I mm -hmm. not eating healthy enough? I also feel like, and I feel like
0: I've talked about this with a lot of girls too, like my body weight and also maybe it just had to do with like growing the full frontal cortex of your brain me growing up and being like you know what I'm gonna eat what I want because I don't really give a shit like obviously I try to eat healthy but on the weekends I'm gonna have pizza and I'm gonna have like four margaritas and it's and I'm gonna have chips and I'm not I'm not gonna die so maybe that's like a reason too but I did notice that after college like my body weight went up a bit and I wasn't able like no matter how much I work out like I can't like get back to like the weight I was before my second puberty so it's like it's like you're I remember I was talking about my therapist a lot your your body has a natural weight where it wants to sit so it's like when you're eating healthy but also letting yourself live and kind of like eat what you want in moderation um there's a natural body weight where like you'll obviously fluctuate depending on like water weight in the day but like Primarily you should be at a certain weight and I feel like that weight definitely adjusts in your second puberty and it just goes up a bit and I noticed like my boobs got a lot bigger. Um, I actually ended up having a breast reduction because of that not that there's anything wrong with the big chest my back was just absolutely killing me so any of you big chested girls out there I'm sure feel. But like my boobs were always big. They just all of a sudden blew up and just like no matter how much I like didn't even diet but like I felt like I was like still really thin at that time just like my boobs like they wouldn't get smaller versus I feel like most people's boobs kind of fluctuate with their weight and that wasn't really the case for me. They just like got bigger and just like I couldn't do anything about it. So that's why I went with the breast reduction route but Again, I feel like a lot of my friends also have said that. Some people are, have noticed in their puberty their boobs got smaller, but also bigger. The butt thing, too. It's like maybe you get a butt, you have curves. Like, also, I struggle with like having like my uterus kind of sticks out at the bottom of my stomach. Like, you know, where like it's like the pooch or whatever. And me and my friend were really talking about this the other day. I was like, even at my skinniest, even before my second puberty, like. When I was even way too thin, I still had the like little bump at the bottom of my stomach. And I yes, I still sometimes look in the mirror and I don't love it. And I'm like, I wish I could look like the Instagram girlies that just have like the perfect, like slim, you know, body with no nothing sticking out, but also it's normal. And I was like, if I ever wanted to like attract a guy and they didn't want to be with me because of that, then like they can go fuck themselves. Like that is a woman's body. Some men are even attracted to it. Like they fully admit. I mean, it is. Literally, like, the way we reproduce, like, men should be attracted to that because biologically they should be attracted to something that, like, will give them offspring. That's a whole nother biology discussion. But, like, just again, like, things like that where when you get older, you just realize you just can't change it. And I'm like, you know what? Either I kill myself going to the gym for it to not change or I just go to the gym for my mental health and I have that margarita and bag of chips that I want to eat. Like I'd rather have the and chips by this point because I think in our, like me and I have definitely talked about this in my older age, I realized how much time I spent wasting being like so restrictive and I'm like, I remember that time so negatively. I don't look back and think, because also when I was so restrictive, I wasn't like looking in the mirror thinking, wow, I look good. I still hated the way I looked even more so because when you're restricting yourself, your body image is really, really negative versus having like an abundance mindset and like actually loving yourself. So I just look back and I'm like, I'd rather just like be happy than like be restrictive, maybe be a little thinner. But also at that time, still be like wow I look horrible like you only it's like a hindsight 2020 when I look back I'm like wow I did look good but at the time I did not notice it at all
1: yeah I feel like that's something that I hear from like older women like even like my Mm -hmm. older cousins who are like post-giving birth like full-on moms like they were like I was you're hating the way that you look at 22 and when you get to be our age you're literally going to look back and be like that is so sad that that was my mindset because I should have just been enjoying life and like understanding that I'm so beautiful and like that's just my body and that's going to be my body for the rest of my life so there's literally like no point in wasting the time and energy thinking about it like your body is the least interesting thing about you like mm-hmm. you are so much more than your body and the media doesn't want you to believe that. It wants you to believe that your body is the most important thing in the world. And that's why like guys literally like capitalistic propaganda like we're being sold fucking like detox teas like when we're 16 on Instagram like thinking that that's normal mm-hmm. like we're being sold Um, you have to have a million and one shower Routine, self care products to like have a twelve step skincare routine and exfoliate and get rid of your cellulite and dry brush all these things. Yeah. It comes back to selling you things based on yes. making you hate
0: your body. I was so obsessed with all that shit during quarantine because there's nothing else to focus on. So like, I bought the dry brush. I bought all the serums. I think I used that dry brush like once again. I moisturize quarterly. Like I just know I'm not a girly. we're like I'm gonna be spending so much time on that,
1: and like. That is not to hate on girls that love having their skincare routine and their self-care products and investing in that and investing in themselves. But for me personally, when I find myself doing that for the wrong reasons, it's – it's it hurts. Like when I find myself judging myself and having this really, really critical inner monologue and being like, oh, I need to buy this new skincare product because my sebaceous filaments are showing. And so my makeup on my nose doesn't sit right. Like, I, sorry. Like,
0: well, where are the yeah, coming from? Yeah, everyone's looking at you being like, Mia's sebaceous filaments are
1: showing. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Like, I just like want to look in the mirror and be happy with what I see. I saw this TikTok where this girl basically this was like back when roman empire trend was like trending she was like mm-hmm. my roman empire is my body there has not been a single day that i haven't thought about my body's appearance oh, in my entire life and so i
0: used
1: to say i used to, say that to my therapist where
0: i'd always and i even still to this day i'd be like i don't know if there will ever be ever be a day where i'm completely naked and i look in the mirror and i think wow i love the way this girl looks i think there's acceptance. But it's really hard and it's just, like, really sad that, like, that has been our lives and it's the way we grow up and it's the pressures put on us by our moms and, like, things like that. Like, I don't know if there will ever be a day where I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, she looks fire. Like, I don't know. Like, I just even like I remember having my ex-boyfriend, like he'd be like, you look so good. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> you just like, don't believe them. Um, Actually, that's like why a lot of women when they're pregnant actually really like the way they look because they're like, I finally feel beautiful because I'm like growing this other person. And like, I have a reason to have this big stomach and like extra weight on me, which is really interesting because I don't know, not all pregnant women feel that way, but like, I've definitely heard that where they're like, I finally like really love the way I look in my body because I'm like a full woman like growing another person inside me. I'm like
1: the fact that we can't love ourselves until we're literally pregnant like that is crazy. Yeah definitely. Speaking of pregnancy and fucking hormones um, your period cycle like I, I've seen more and more conversation about this lately, but definitely growing up and like going through puberty, like I I was not hearing enough about how your hormones and your cycle affects you and like mm-hmm. not even to get into fucking birth control and like how insane that can make you feel. Yeah. Um, but like generally once a month, like for two weeks out of a fucking month, I feel like absolute shit. I'm bloated and fat, but then like I'm hungry and I feel like I like and I I'm craving chocolate and junk food and sugar. Um, and like I don't want to work out because I'm cramping and I just like feel like ass. Like, um, it it's just so hard because it's like you're PMSing. And then you get your and, – and I swear to God, guys, every single month, like, I don't necessarily track my period, but, like, I know the general vibes. But every Same. single month, I will start PMSing, and I'll be like, why am I so tired? Why do I feel like such ass? And then three days later, I get my yes. period. Me for, – for
0: me, I feel like I PMS for, like, two weeks straight. Like, I – it's hard for me because I have an IUD, so I don't really bleed. It's like – so I don't really know when I'm, like, on my period or if I'm just, like, PMSing before because I feel like – the week before and the week after your period are always the worst. So I almost feel like having your period, it's like three weeks out of every month, a month is four weeks. So it's basically having your period 24 fucking seven. But yeah, it's again, it's the same where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so bloated. I like, I'm really not confident right now because I'm like going out to a bar, but I'm getting my period and I'm so bloated, but then I'm so hungry where I feel like no matter how much I eat, I'm like starving. And it's just this back and forth, back and forth. I always know I'm getting my period when I like, go through like a really like depressive day and I'm like listening to Lana and like cinnamon girl and then I'm like why am I so like depressed today and just everything like rubs you the wrong way and you're just like sad girl vibes like no one will get me like whatever and then literally I'm like okay wait maybe I'm getting my period and then you get like two pimples and you start cramping and you're like okay that checks out
1: (laughs) yeah and like I think to kind of get into and this is a generalization, but men not understanding how intense these feelings are. Um. So, like, not not to hate, but, like, here's just a perfect example. Like, my ex-boyfriend told – sat me – not sat me, dad, whatever. We, at one point, we were having a conversation. My ex-boyfriend looks at me and he – I was complaining about cramping. I was like, I can't get out of bed right now. Like, I I literally cannot move. Like, I am in so much pain. Like, I'm, like, doubled over. And he was like – oh my god, like, every other day, like, you're complaining about something, like, you're always complaining about something, like, you're you're cramping, or you have a headache, or you're, like, whatever, and I was, like, yeah, because it's true, like, I was, like, I, why would I be complaining about something if I'm not feeling it, like, yeah, I what? genuinely, truly believe that, you know, there's videos of men trying, like, the fucking cramp simulators, and they'll be on, yeah. like, level one out of five, and they're, like, yeah. oh my god, like, I fully believe that men Like, would be having taking full sick days from work and like not being productive members of society if they had we would have
0: like if men had periods, there would be you would get like two sick days a month where you can use it for your period or like three or like however long, like you would get like monthly sick days just for your, your like menstrual cycle. But no, we don't get that. We just have to suffer in peace and sit. I remember one time you were texting me Mia and you were like, Oh, I'm having really bad cramps. I just threw up, but I'll be in, at the office in 10.
1: Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. That I happened.
0: Literally.
1: Yeah. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and it was worse, you guys. Like, I'm like on the toilet taking like a period shit, which are yeah. the, the worst. worst. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm gonna throw up I not to be graphic I literally had to lean over and throw up in my bathtub because I was like this is horrible and then yeah I text Carly and I'm like oh I gotta go to the office like that's so fucked yeah that's that's tough
0: yeah no that is literally what being a woman is like but I would say a story that Mia told me recently is of Certain men who notice, like, the second puberty, even though they don't believe it's second puberty, they just think, oh, well, when women get older and they're at a sedentary, like, nine-to-five office job, they're just not being as active, so they gain weight. And it's like, I mean that's a reason why everyone would gain weight men included I've seen many guys that I knew in college where I'm like wow they've kind of let themselves go because they probably don't have time to work out because they're working from like 8 a.m to like 2 a.m you know I'm not judging them it's just noticing but the fact that men don't even think it's second puberty they're like oh no I'm like no like I work out all the time still but my body is still different than it was when I was even 20 like and the fact that men even notice the weight gain I'm like no fear unlocked new fear unlocked like i want men to be like they don't notice shit it's like why would you notice my weight gain like i could wear the same shirt five days in a row they would have no idea but you're gonna notice i that i gained like 10 pounds or like even five pounds like what is that about maybe that's not all guys. i think maybe there's some guys who really could give a shit but like it's probably also because a lot of men still expect us to look like instagram models like they're so like we're all so what, what like you know, fucked up with that. Like, I think I should look like an Instagram model. But, like, I always try to think. I'm like, okay, but men know that's what most women don't look like. And the fact that they still think that, like, me and all my friends, were everyone's so beautiful. But no one has the body of, like, an Instagram model, which is also those Instagram models most of the time don't even have that body either. It's Photoshopped. But it's, like, I'm, like, we still pull guys. Like, men are still attracted to us. They still find us really sexy. And not everyone has, like, these perfect perfect so-called perfect bodies because everybody obviously is perfect in its own way but like I'm like do men like expect me to look like that and they're like oh well I'll just take what I can get and like hook up with this girl even though she doesn't look like that like what is the standard you know and it just makes me so like and that's literally a reason I'm so self-conscious and I know obviously we want to love ourselves first and not care what other people think but like come on we gotta be realistic where if you whoever you're into if you're into girls you're into boys like I'm gonna be thinking about especially as a single girl like who can I like attract like who will be interested in me like do I have to look a certain way to attract this person like if I think this guy is really really cute will he do you think he only hooks up with girls that look a certain way like there's just so many thoughts nothing is easy anymore I can't just be like oh he's cute I'm cute like let's get together and if you can do that to you because like you are so confident and I need to embrace that but especially since second puberty I'm just always so unsure of myself and it's like so many girls go through that
1: yeah and I'll say too like it's it's also toxic and flipped on guys like I know plenty of men who are so self-conscious about their appearance because they don't look like hollywood celebrities and they're not jacked as fuck and they don't have a six-pack because that's not normal and so like Mm -hmm. this same guy that made this comment he also was like oh my god like you know gotta keep up the grind of working out because my body is not summer ready right now and like the amount of times that i've heard a million girls be like got to start working out in winter so that you can have your bikini body in summer like I, these things are so entrenched in how we think about them that oh, yeah. making comments like that I literally I told him I was like you seem really hypercritical like everybody is a bikini but whatever everybody's a swimsuit body like and like, body. <laughs> body. And like I, I have said that to so many friends and been like no men like, don't. Also- like I was like don't don't go there.
0: Men are also super self-conscious, which is like, you know, but they don't really talk about it as much. Cause again, men
1: don't know when to talk
0: about emotions with each other. Like what? Like, there's always all these TikToks where girls are like, My guy friend and his best friend, like his best friend just got engaged. Like he does not know any aspects of the engagement, like the proposal, like nothing. Meanwhile, like I can name like literally like Mia's like second grade teacher. Like not actually, but like I know so much stuff about you. Boys know nothing. But yeah, they're they're self-conscious too. But I do feel like women are more realistic and also we're not as like visual forward. Like men are very visual forward. We're like, they, they see primarily, again, this is a generalization, but they see appearance first and then personality second. I think girls, at first, if we don't talk to you, we see appearance first. But I think once personality is in the mix, it's, like, number one versus appearance. So, girls are, like, a lot more forgiving of looks than, like, guys are. Because, again, it's, like, those TikToks you see where the guys are, like, sorry, not that cute. They're nothing special. And they're, like, yeah, that girl's a four. And I'm, like, that girl's, like, a nine on, like, any day. And you're, like, a two. So, please, like that's why there's all the memes where it's like the hot ass girlfriend with like the mediocre average looking man yeah like because we just we we like personality more
1: yeah and like literally you guys like i haven't watched this latest season but i will say like love is blind like the amount of male villains that have been on that show going on love is blind and then Mm -hmm. being like Seeing the reveal of the p- person that they just proposed to and got engaged to because they've supposed supposedly fallen in love with them and their personality, and then being like, She's not what I looked like, or she's not she's not hot enough. Like, I don't I'm not attracted to her. And being like, I'm like, sorry, like what did you did you miss the whole point? And then like uh, yeah. it's these beautiful women, like objectively like attractive women, and like Yeah, less attractive mediocre average looking guys and like I I'm like did you literally you literally missed the whole point babe like you went on to love is blind to meet somebody and fall in love not based on appearances and then you see them and you're like oh she's she's ugly she's not what I looked like like I mean I know so many girls that I mean even me I'm like I
0: don't want to date someone hotter than me because like I don't want to be self-conscious like thinking because I feel like when a guy isn't his girlfriend is objectively hotter everyone's just like oh good for that guy he clearly pulls but if a girl is dating a really hot guy and people think that he's hotter than she is they're like oh well she's not good enough for him so it's like those double fucking standards like what is that about like a guy can date a girl who's like a 10 and he's like a 2 and they're like oh he pulls he's sick like clearly has like a big dick like i don't fucking know and then the second that i date a guy who's like has like a six pack or whatever people are like oh she's not good enough for him like what what is that about it's just but i mean again like it's a generalization and i do realize too like men also have all these unrealistic expectations on them and they're also really self-conscious like male mental health is actually something i'm really like interested about because i just feel like so many guys don't talk about it, but like, we know it's there. Um, We definitely want to talk about that in a future episode. So if you happen to be a guy, write in. I don't, if we have any male listeners, like, please write in, let us know what you want to hear. But yeah, I mean, I just, I love the open conversation because it makes you feel like you're not alone in the way that you're feeling like oh wow there's other people out there going through second puberty puberty who are like unsure of the way they look um and it's not just a girl thing it's a guy thing too but yeah I mean I try not to think about it too intensely like I feel like I have this joke where I'm like I don't like to be perceived like don't perceive me like I'm like if anyone's perceiving me I'm just ignoring it you know um but Yeah. yeah I think like and just, like, no one's looking at me, which at the end of the day, probably not a lot of people are. Just do your own thing. Yeah.
1: I also – I will say, like, one other thing just, like, on the topic of, of, like, kind of what we're talking about with Guild and it, like, pitting women against women and, like, constantly comparing yourself and judging other people. Like, girls, like, it's so important to talk about these things. Like, Carly and I – literally, this rant came about because Carly and I were texting about this and we were like, we should rant about that on the podcast um Mm -hmm. it's it's like it's so important to talk about it and just like being able to like vent and rant and like understand that you're not alone and having these struggles like I have literally experienced this and been in friend groups where some of the other girls in this friend group are so hypercritical of themselves and express it so loudly outwardly like I had one of my best friends in that friend group had to actually like take these girls aside and say hey like I need you to stop commenting on your bodies out loud because it's it's getting to me and it's triggering. And she's like, I am trying to be in a really good place with my body and being around you guys is setting me back. Like that's how intense Mm -hmm. it was. And I remember like one of these girls, she made a comment at, we were juniors in college and she, she was a senior in college and she was complaining or, or, or like she was, she was upset because she was like, when I was a freshman, I worked this fashion internship and I got these like incredible like $500 jeans and like I have these like like, nice designer things like coming out from it and I don't fit into them anymore and it makes me so sad. And I remember like looking at her and being like, I totally understand that. That's so disappointing. That's so sad. But something that I tell myself is clothes are meant to fit your body. Your body isn't meant to fit clothes. Like it's just like things like that where like, I am by no means, like, in the perfect place with accepting my body, but, like, being able to talk to people about it and, like, just trying to, like, voice it and, and being surrounded by other girls like Carly and, like, my other closer friends who are in the same place as me and, like, wanting to work on it and wanting to to move past, right, like, those thoughts and those self-judgments. Um, yeah. You know, it's like the saying, like, don't should yourself. You know, like don't shit on yourself, don't shit yourself. Like, don't say, "Oh, well, I should look like her. I should be looking like a model. I should be having, like, all you know, all of these things about your body." It's like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's, it's so. Once you start noticing these things, like, you will notice like how many people are so hypercritical of themselves, and and we all are to some level. Yeah. But, like, it it's the thing of just like you have to constantly be aware of it and constantly be fighting it. I
0: mean- even just like I think about how many people where I think they're so pretty and I'll say that to them and they're like, Oh my god, no, not at all. And like that's also happened to me where people are like, Oh, but you're beautiful. And I'm like, Oh, like whatever, like I don't really feel that way. But like it's just like the hypercriticalness of yourself. But other people are looking at you and they're just like, Wow, that person is gorgeous or she's like really funny or like she's such a good personality, like you know people are not usually not perceiving you in a negative light. They're usually perceiving you in a positive one. It is yourself perceiving you in the negative light. But yeah, I definitely try not to like negative self-talk in front of people. It's even like if I'm eating out with people and we're like chowing down, I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, let me, I have to go work this off in the gym tomorrow. Like that's so triggering. Let's just be like, damn, this food is dank. Let's chow down, have our food
1: babies and move on with our lives, you know? Yeah. And like, just generally, like, no need to make comments on somebody's body. No need to make comments on somebody's eating habits. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it it's just it's not necessary. And you never know what somebody's going through. You never know what that could be triggering for them. Yeah. Um, because like no, I've definitely had that. And
0: just, like, to conclude, like, that's why and like, men also go through this. Like, I know a lot of people whose boyfriends, they're, like, yeah, like, I wanted a sweet treat, but, like, my boyfriend didn't want to dessert or, like, oh, like, my boyfriend really wants to go to the gym today and, like, he doesn't want to, like, go, like, day drinking or, like, go to this thing or, like, whatever. And I'm, like, damn, sounds like your boyfriend's watching his weight more than you are. So this is, like, everyone goes through it, but... We just want to say we know what you guys are going through we're going through it as well um honestly a lot of people when they're in their 30s are like I'm the most confident I've ever been so hopefully I can start embracing that mentality in my even mid-20s but like I don't think aging I think we go through the second puberty and it's really scary and like you kind of go through it like mentally for a couple of years but then you kind of just get to this point of like self accept, self acceptance. It's that, it's that brain, that fully formed brain that really does it for you.
1: All right, besties, we absolutely adored talking about all of these really important themes this episode, um, and kind of in a similar vein. Next episode, we're gonna be talking about how to overcome your book slumps, how to overcome your book hangovers, and our hacks for also getting through a life slump. Like we all know that we can go through periods where you just kind of feel really stagnant and stuck. And it it takes a lot of effort to break yourself out of that. Um, and so we're gonna give you guys some of our hacks and thoughts on that, and also generally talk about how it's also okay. Like life is an ebb and flow. Like you're never gonna be on top of the world for your entire like for constantly you're always there's Mm -hmm. always going to be ups and downs and that's okay but working through them and how you cope with them is really important but
0: as you guys know we are always looking for book recs so if you have a suggestion shoot us a dm on tiktok at reading and renting pod or email reading and renting pod at gmail.com till next time happy reading besties